This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Man, y'all are like quiet, quiet, quiet. Well, it's good to see everyone, and welcome to part three of our series we're calling Through the Storms. Before we get into that, uh, I just had had something that I've just been, I've been meditating on personally uh, all week long, and and I just want to I want to plant a seed. Is that okay? You know that the Bible says that our our heart is like a garden, and it can it can receive seed right, and in that seed it it germinates in us, and then it grows up in us, and it begins to produce fruit in our life, and that's just how powerful the word is. And so I just wanted to. Um, plant a seed. We're, of course, we're in the season already. We, you know, it's referred to as the season of giving Christmas, and I know it's still October, but, you know, as you saw in the videos, we're gearing up for some things that we're going, we need to take care of by the middle of November, and so this is considered the, the, the season of giving, and uh, I, I just, uh, someone shared a scripture with me last week, and man, it just really stuck with me, and it just really been feeding me and feeding my faith in, in a certain area. And so uh, it's, it's so important. How many of you realize this, that if uh, ever how you think, if, if you, let me say it like, if you think wrong, you will believe wrong. And if you believe wrong, well, then you're, gonna get, you're not going to get the results in your life that you want to get. Your, your beliefs, what you believe, has a lot to do with what you're going to experience in life. And so it's important that we get our minds renewed with the Word of God. And we need to allow the Word of God to formulate our thoughts, formulate our beliefs, what we're, what we're very dogmatic about, what we're going to go for, what we're not going to go for. It's so important. So there's a scripture in, a, in Ecclesiastes, and we'll get to the message in a minute, but I just want to plant this seed real quick. And I, and, and I believe the Lord wants me to do this. Uh, it's really been feeding me, and it's been strengthening my faith in this area. But in Ecclesiastes, the fifth chapter, verse 19 says, it is a good thing. Everybody say a good thing. Everybody say a good thing. How many of you like good things? How many of you like bad things? How many of you like good things? He said, it is a good thing to receive wealth from God. <laughs> now, don't check out. This is a Bible verse. This, this is in the Bible, right? I, I know it's on my phone, but it's, it's in here. Ecclesiastes, he says, It is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. Man, I like that. You see, this, this is the will of God. He said it's a good thing to receive wealth from, from God and the good health to enjoy it. He goes on to say, God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. I mean, God's got a plan for us. He said, he said it's my will for you to have wealth. It's, it's my will for you to have the health to enjoy the wealth. And the enjoyment of that wealth is what? He says that he's going to keep you so busy enjoying life that you'll take no time to brood over the past. God wants to prosper you and I. Thank you for that one amen and that, you know, the couple of grunts and batting your eyes and, you know, like, a, like somebody said, like a, 
like a toad frog in the East Texas hailstorm. But notice, he said, notice, he said, and it's a good thing to receive wealth. And this is what I found, that everything that God has provided to us by his grace must be received by faith. And it must be received. So if God's provided it, it must be received. And so you can't receive from God by stiff-arming what he wants to do for you. You can't receive from God if you're not convinced that he wants you to have it. It, whether it be salvation, whether it be healing for your body, whether it be supplying your needs so you can feed your kids and pay your bills. If you don't believe that God wants you to have it, you can't have faith for it. And so notice he says, it's a good thing. God is a good God. He does good things. And it's his desire, and this is just a, a seed, and I want you to meditate on this. It's God's desire. It's a good thing to receive wealth from God. To receive wealth from God. And to receive good health to enjoy it. Now, I tell you what, I, I found this in pastoring for 27 years. I found this out that people will fight you more over these two things than anything. And the enemy will resist you more with these two things than anything. Because he knows this if he can sideline you somehow, either you don't, you might have the health. But you don't have money to get out of town to go preach the gospel, to go on a missions trip. If you don't have the health, you can't go. Or you can have health, but if you don't have the money or you got the money or you don't have the health, he's, he can sideline you to a degree. No, God wants us to have plenty, and he wants us to have strength to do something with it. Amen? And so I just want you to meditate on that, and uh, it, it'll do you good. It'll strengthen your faith. All right? Now, I say plant a seed, so we'll come back one of these days and we'll water the seed because I can tell by the reaction that the that seed needs to be watered. <laughs> I can tell by the reaction. Some of you are not convinced. That's why I'm willing to read it out of the Bible to you. Because I know whether you're Southern Baptist or Methodist or Pentecostal or or whatever, you believe this. Or maybe you don't. So anyway, I want us to just continue on. Maybe this will get better. All right, I want us to continue. We're in a series we're calling Through the Storm, Through the Storm. And, and we're all familiar, and we've heard this terminology, you know, the storms of life. And, you know, and, and really the storms of life we're talking about, you know, we've, we're, we're in a difficult time or a, a difficult season. There's trouble. It could be finances. It could be health. It could be family. It could be other relationships or it could be, you know, whatever. It could be a number of things. But we're familiar with the storms of life. And, you know, David, who was very experienced with hardship, very experienced with difficulty, he said this in Psalms, he said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions. That word affliction means trouble, means trials, tests. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he doesn't just stop there and leave us hanging. And it, it, he doesn't say that so we go, oh man, I'm, I'm toast. It's all over for me. No, he goes on to say, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. Not from them all. Not deliver, them, not deliver him from them all, but deliver him out of them all. In other words, 
you know, like Jesus said, and he said in John 6, he said, in this world, you are going to have trouble. I know we don't, we don't want to believe for that. We don't want to have faith for that. But he said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But he didn't stop there. But he said, but be of good cheer. In other words, be happy. Don't get sad about that. Don't get all flustered about that. Don't get frustrated because in this world you're going to have trouble. He said, but be of good cheer. Why? He said, because I've overcome the world. I've overcome. How many of you believe that Jesus has overcome? He says, I've overcome the world. And by that, we can boldly believe and boldly declare that I am more than a conqueror through him. Why? He's overcome the world, and I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Another verse says this in 1 Corinthians 15, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Another verse says this, that God always causes us to triumph. You see, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. Why? Because you're more than a conqueror. But be of good cheer. Why? Because he gives you the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Be of good cheer. Why? Because he always causes us to triumph. He always causes us to win. As we're in him, as we're walking in him, as we're pursuing him, as we're listening to him, as we're being led by him, as we're acting on the word of God, he will always cause us to triumph and he will always cause us to win. I don't know about you, but that's good news. 1 John 5, 4 says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You see, you can't separate this from faith. You're going to have to live by faith. You're going to have to walk by faith. You're going to have to look at your storm by faith and say, I'm overcoming. I mean, that's what we were singing about. I'm going to see a victory. It doesn't seem like it right now. It doesn't seem like there's victory in the forecast, but I'm going to see victory. Why? Because I've got faith to see beyond just this temporary storm that I'm going through. Amen. And so we've been talking about, you know, different storms that are in that we can find in the word of God. So we talked about Jonah's storm. Jonah was in a storm and Jonah was in a storm because of his personal disobedience to God. He just flat out disobeyed God. He rebelled against God. God said, I want you to go to Nineveh. And he says, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I want to go to this other city. And so he flat out rebelled against God. And because he rebelled against God and disobeyed God, he found himself in a storm and his life on the line. Right? Y'all remember that? And so he got into his storm through disobedience, but he see, God always provides a way of escape. Even if you disobey, even if you're rebellious, God will always provide a way of escape for you. Are you listening to me? He, He will always give you an out. And Jonah's out was repentance. I mean, Jonah had to repent before God. He had to change his mind, and he said, okay, I will go to Tarshish. I, I will go there. You, I mean, I, I will go to Nineveh. I'm, I rebelled, but I, I will go there. And so we see that Jonah got out of his storm. He got out of his difficulty by repenting before God. Last week, we talked about the storm of the disciples. The disciples, they got into their storm in perfect obedience to God. Jesus said, let's go to the other side of the lake. And they said, all right, let's go to the other side of the lake. And they launched out to go to the other side of the lake. And right as they got into the middle of that lake, a big storm arose. I mean, this is a big lake. It's not like the reservoir. It's a big lake. A big storm arose. I mean, and these professional fishermen who knew knew these waters, who navigated these waters, who, who had been in storms before, they feared for their life. 
And so they got into their storm by obeying God. So you can, get into, you can get into a storm by disobeying God, and you can get into a storm by obeying God, which means that you could, perpetu- you could be in a storm just about any time, right? Whether you're disobeying or obeying, you can be in a storm. So they got into a storm by perfect obedience. They got out of their storm by someone using their authority. And so we talked about this last week. Sometimes if you're obeying God, and you know that you're doing what God told you to do. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, something comes up and it's trying to distract you. It's coming. You know, to, you know the, 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 the word says that Satan, when the word's planted, Satan comes immediately to steal the word that was sown in your heart. And so when you know that you're obeying God, then all of a sudden that something happens and, and trouble comes. You don't just go begging God. You don't go whine and cry, why is this happening to me? No, you put on your big boy pants. And you do what Jesus said, and you speak to your mountain. You do what the Lord told you to do, and you resist the devil, and he's got to flee from you. It'll do you no good to whine and cry to God about it. It'll do you no good to play the victim and feel sorry for yourself. And why is this happening to me? No, you have to put on your big boy pants, your big girl pants, and you'll have to be like, you'll have to be what God said you were, and you'll have to say to that mountain, you speak to the mountain, you speak to the trouble in the name of Jesus, and I tell you what, the trouble has to go. The mountain has to move. Amen. You see, what we do so much of the time, and, 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 and it's preacher's fault, is that, you know, we, we kind of tell people, well, you know, it's all up to God, and you just... You're going through something hard. You just pray to God. Well, it might be a case to pray to God. For instance, if you're disobeying God, you need to pray and repent and say, Lord, I did all this wrong. You told me to do this. I didn't do that. Right? And let me, let me just go back to Jonah. You see, a lot of people think that it's just this big stuff. They're just omitting or they're disobeying God in these big areas. God told me to do this. He gave me an assignment. I didn't do it. But a lot of times it's the smaller areas that we're not obeying God or we're omitting things from our life. For instance, how many of you know that God wants you to spend time with him? And a lot of times we put that second place and we don't spend time with him. and We are kind of just do whatever we want to do. We don't read our Bible. We don't pray. Well, I don't know how to pray. Well, you know how to talk. So you know how to pray. You know how to listen. You may not know how to listen well, but you know how to listen a little bit, and so you know how to pray, right? And so we omit these little areas. So, I mean, you could, be in, you could be in a difficult place in your life just simply because you're not pursuing God. You're pursuing other things. And if you start to pursue God, you'll come out of one thing. You'll get into another thing because you're obeying God. Okay, so... Uh, this, uh, Jonah got into his storm through disobedience. The disciples got into their storm through perfect obedience. And I want us to look at another storm today, the storm of Paul. Paul was in a storm. I'm talking about the apostle Paul in the Bible. Paul was in a storm. And uh, he was in the storm as the result of someone else's actions. I mean, this is what people said about Paul in Acts 21. They said uh, they brought Paul up for formal charges And they said this, we have found this man a plague, a creator of dissension among all the Jews throughout the world, 
and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. I mean, they, they said, hey, you know, we found this guy and we need to put him away because he's a plague. Anybody ever spoke to you or talked about you like you're a plague? That you are, you're, you're a dissenter and you're causing dissension? And they said, this, this man, he's a... He's a, he's a reading leader. And so Paul, he realized because of these people's religious prejudices, he would, never, he would never get a fair trial there. And so what he did, he used his Roman citizenship and he appealed to Caesar. <clears throat> and because he appealed to Caesar, he had to take a boat to Rome so he could stand trial before Caesar. Now, let me just kind of give you some background on this. And they didn't, you know, they didn't use airplanes back then. They didn't use cars. They had to go by ship. And so they put Paul on a ship with a whole bunch of other prisoners. And so evidently they were all going to appear before Caesar. And I just want to begin in, in Acts 27 verse 9. I just want to kind of read through this story a little bit. And then we'll get in, into the meat of it. But uh, so what happened was they put Paul on this ship to go to Rome. And then they got, after they set sail, man, this huge storm just arose. I mean, just a, a and it, and if you read it in other translations, like it just came out of nowhere. Just storm just came out of nowhere. And it arose and it was so bad that, I mean, these people were fearing for their life. And in Acts 27 verse 9 says, Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. I want you to know this. Paul said, I perceive something. Paul was not, he, he was not a, he was not a meteor, meteorologist. He was not a mariner, but he did know how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And he said, I perceive that, that something, something's not right with this trip. Let me ask you, have you ever uh, been about to do something, been about your daily business? Something just didn't seem right. The, well, you don't need to override that. You need to pay attention to that. So Paul said, I perceive that this voyage is going to be with much disaster in uh, much loss, not only the cargo of the ship, but also of our own lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and, and the owner of the ship than the things spoken by Paul. You have to realize that if you're not in charge, you're not in charge. If you're not the decision maker, you're not the decision maker. Paul was a prisoner. He had no say-so. He couldn't make a decision. All he could do is say, hey, I don't, I don't think this is going to go too well for us. And so he goes on to say, and because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also. So how many of you have found this out, that the majority is rarely right? Just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean you should do it. Just because everybody's going with the flow doesn't mean you should go with the flow. Just because everybody thinks it's right Sometimes, you know, your kids might tell you, well, everybody else's parents, everybody else gets to do it. Well, that doesn't mean that your kids should get to do it. Well, I don't want them to be deprived. Well, you want them to do well. Are you listening to me? And so... Uh, the majority advised to set sail from there also, if by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete. And it says, when the south wind blew softly, you know, just ideal circumstances, if God's told you something different and, and things just seem good, doesn't mean they're going to stay good. 
And so when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed by, close by Crete. But not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Eurycliden. And then I want you to notice, we went through this. Paul perceived something. Number two, Paul's a prisoner. He didn't have authority. Number three, initial favorable results doesn't mean that things are going to go well for the remainder of the trip. Now, I'm getting to something here, but you got you to understand this. Paul's in this situation not because of his own actions, He's in the situation because of someone else's actions. Let me ask you, has anyone ever done anything to you? They've ever acted against you that's put you in a bad place, that's called hardship in your life, that's called difficulty in your life. Maybe it was a husband that did something to a wife or a wife that did something to a husband or parents that did something to children or children to parents or employer to employee, but somehow you're in a bad way. You're, you're experiencing difficulty, not because of something that you did, but because something that someone else did either directly to you or indirectly to you. And you know what that's called? It's called life. It's called life, and it's going to happen. This, this place that you're living in right now, this planet that you're living on is not heaven. And so you shouldn't expect it to be like heaven. We live in a broken down world with broken down people, right, and broken down things, and so there's trouble. And trouble can come from a number of different places, but be of good cheer. The Lord provides a way of escape for us, right? Why? So that we won't be taken out. So that we won't be taken out. And so Paul's prediction, it began to come to pass. I mean, all of a sudden this storm came up and his prediction became to, began to come to pass. And, uh, and then in Acts 27... Verse 20, it says that they hadn't seen the sun or the stars for, for many days, and they begin to throw stuff off the ship, and they despaired of their life. And I'm, I'm going to try to get to the meat of this message here. And, uh, but, you know, they made it through, but they made it through, and, man, they, they had a few scars to tell that they made it through. I mean, Paul, he, he endured all this, and then he had to, he had to swim to shore, Facing all the elements, swim to shore, got to shore, stuck his hand in a fire, you know, getting sticks together a fire, and a snake bit him. I mean, and all of this is the result of what someone else did to Paul. And I would encourage you to, you know, just continue to read this story. But I want us to look at some lessons from, that I believe that Paul uh, wants to teach us from this story. Number one, here, here's some lessons. And we've already talked about this, but other people... I'm going to need that one. <laughs> Other people can create storms for us. And there's nothing you can do about that. Other people, they can, they can create the storms. And uh, you'll suffer because of the mistakes of other people. It'll be a suffering to you. It'll put you in a place of difficulty. Uh, number two, another lesson that we can learn from, from Paul's storm is this is that you got to keep your heart right. Now, this is, when, when I read through this, man, I was just fascinated by this because, you know, I think most of us in here would kind of have this propensity. If, if someone did us wrong, uh, at least our flesh 
We want to get back at them. You slap me, I'm going to slap you. You do something with me, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to get revenge. And we might not go out there and try to get them back, but we're sure not going to have these fuzzy thoughts toward them. We're, we're not going to be thinking all these fuzzy thoughts and how, oh, I just love them so much. You know, every time I think about them, oh, I just love that person. No, we, we get a little irritated. Why? Because they did us wrong. But I, I thought this was interesting that Paul kept his heart right. And the word tells us in Acts 27, 24, it says, when, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Paul, he said this too. He says, God has granted you all those who sell with you. God has granted you. It seems like to me, because we know that Paul prayed, he, pr- he prayed to God when they were in the middle of this storm, that, that it seems to me that Paul must have prayed for the people that were with him. Because God said, I grant you those people. In other words, you prayed for the people, the, your fellow prisoners, and you prayed for the ones who mistreated you. He said, I've granted you so there's not going to be any loss of life. I think that's fascinating. And I believe this is you know, part of keeping our heart right before God and keeping our heart right with people, if we want to come out of the storm, even if the storm was caused by someone else, that we've got to, we've got to walk in a place of forgiveness with people. And I know that's easier said than done. You say, Pastor Chuck, you just don't know what they did to me. I know it could have, they could have abused you. They could have mentally abused you. They could have abused you in other ways. But here's the thing. You, you've got to decide. You've got to decide, am I going to forgive these people? And you have to do it with God's help. I know some things people have gone through, you'll have to do it with God's help. You'll have to forgive these people. And you'll have to pray for these people that God, and I'm not talking about pray, I'm not talking about you pray like, God, take care of this. God's not your mafia man. Right? Right? He's not your mafia man, so I'm not talking about praying God would take care of them. No, no, no God. Do, do what G- Jesus told us to pray in Matthew 5. He said, bless those who wrong you. Bless them? I'm not going to bless them. He said, bless them, don't curse them. What do you mean bless them? I'm not going to bless them. I'm going to bless them out. But this is, you see, you see this, is, this is God's way. Because if you do it the other way, if you, just, if you just hang on. How many of you realize that there's people who like keep, maybe you're one of them, just like to keep the drama stirred up? Somebody does something to them, man, just keep the drama stirred up. Just keep, it, just keep the dial turned up on the drama. Just keep the wound just, just festering. Just keep it all going. Now, at, at some point, you're going to have to grow up and say, you know what? Mm, I got to put that away. I remember there's a guy that, man, just did me wrong. I mean, did me wrong. I felt like it was betrayal. And, and after the fact, I mean, it was, it was hurtful. So, so after the fact, for, for a while, man, anytime I heard his name, somebody mentioned that name, I would just get, man, I, would just, I could just feel something just, Rising up in me, and it wasn't fuzzy feelings. It was, I cannot stand this person. And I mean, it was, it was, I would just get just irritated. 
And uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, you hadn't forgiven them. I said, yeah, I have. Oh, no, you hadn't. Anytime you hear somebody's name and you get all bothered, they don't need to change something. You need to change something. And so the Lord dealt with me. And, uh, and I said, oh, God, you're right. I don't like this person. And then you can kind of secretly hope they don't succeed. He said, that is mean. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just, just like you. When somebody does you wrong, your flesh wants to get back. And so finally, I, I went before the Lord, and I said, all right, Lord. So, so I, I heard that name come up. I felt those feelings come up. I said, get down. I choose to forgive. By faith, I forgive them. I'm not holding this against them. I'm not going to speak evil against them. I'm not going to entertain an evil thought about them. I, I forgive them. And by faith. And so over time, I mean, that, that intensity just began to get weaker and weaker. Now, now I can hear that person's name. doesn't bother me. I can think about the very thing that was done. doesn't bother me. I don't get upset about it. I'm not having ill feelings about them. I'm not, I'm, and here's the thing. I had to do it by faith. With God, Lord, you help me with this. So Paul, I mean, he prayed. And it must have been earnest. And it must have been sincere from his heart. And because he prayed like that, God gave him everybody. And man, there was a revival that broke out on that little island that they went to. Why? Because somebody kept their heart right. Number three, number three is this. Here's a lesson that we learned from Paul's storm. Perseverance is a must if we want to make it through the storms. If you're going to make it through the storm, you're going to have to learn to persevere. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is weak. That's Proverbs. If you're going to persevere through the storm, you're going to have, I mean, if you're going to have to, if you're going to make it through the storm, you're going to have to learn to persevere. Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. If you're going through hell, keep going. Don't stop. Don't give up. So we read in this story of Paul's storm that the people on the, on the boat, they began to despair of life. What does that mean? They were ready to end it all. Let's just jump in the ocean and get this over with. They despaired of life. You know, you can get beat up so bad through the storms of life. You can get beat so bad and you can be, get beat so long that you begin to despair of life that, you know, to be dead is better than this. You know, that's why people commit suicide. They're in something and they're being battered, 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 battered by the storm. And they begin to despair of life. If you want to make it through, you persevere. This is, what, this is what I know about storms. Storms may last a long time, but they don't last forever. I mean, it could be the biggest, nastiest storm, and it could last a long time, but it will not last forever. At some point, a storm kind of fades out. It weakens, right? It weakens, and it fades out. So you'll have to learn to persevere. You can't give up. Uh, so what you're going through could be a consequence of someone's action. So what do you do about it? If somebody did you wrong, what do you do about it? 
Well, I'm going to tell them off. No, that's not going to help you, and it's not going to help the relationship. What do you do about it if somebody did you wrong and you're experiencing the consequences of their wrong actions towards you? What do you do? You pray for them. And you have to do it by faith. You say, Lord, help me with this, and I'm going to pray. I pray that you would bless them. Not, not that God would bless you, that God bless them. I forgive them. I don't, I, don't, I don't hold anything against them for what they did for me. I let it go. That's number one. Number one, you just you let it go. You let it go. You forgive. And then number two, you keep going. Keep on going. Don't give up. Don't fizzle out. Keep on going. Keep, stand, keep waking up in the morning. Keep looking at it and say, I'm coming through this storm. Amen. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Because I'm convinced of this, that a lot of times we stay in a storm way too long. And we stay in a storm too long because we don't know what to do. So if we got in a storm because of our disobedience, it's real easy. Repent. It didn't take Jonah long. Three, I mean, I mean, it probably seemed like a long time. Three, three days in the belly of a fish. Probably seems like a long time. But three days. The disciple storm was just a matter of hours. Paul's storm was probably about, you know, they said they hadn't seen the moon or the stars or the sun or the stars for 14 days. For so a couple of weeks. But not forever. But not forever. So how do you come out? You repent. How do you come out? You use your authority. How do you come out? You forgive. And you persevere. Amen. I want to pray for you right now, and especially anyone who's just going through a really difficult time in your life, and maybe because of what someone else has done for you, I want to pray for you. And so just every head bowed and every eye closed right now. If that's you and you say, I'm just, I'm kind of going through it. I need some help. Please pray for me. Just, just lift your hand right where you are so we can pray for you. Thank you. I see hands all over the room. Thank you. Good. Not good that you're going through a storm, but good because God's going to help you. Father, I pray for every single person that has their hand lifted right now. And Lord, I thank you that you said that you would provide a way of escape for them. And I ask that you would show them exactly what they need to do to come through their trial, to come through their storm. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. I ask that you would restore to them anything and everything that's been taken from them as they've gone through these things. In Jesus' name. Amen. One last, one last thing before we, before we go into our water baptism service. If you're in here and you've never received Christ as your Savior, You've never been born again. You've never given him all your heart, all of your life. You're not for sure if you were to die today, you would go to heaven. I want to pray for you. So I'm going to just ask you again, just close your eyes right there where you are. And I'm going to count to three. And when I do, you say, please pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but just right there in your seat, I'm going to pray for you. So I'm going to count to three. When I do, just be courageous and lift your hand. Here we go. One, two, three, right now. Thank you. Thank you. See your hand. Very good. See your hands. Very good. All right. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, 
I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me a brand new life. Make me brand new. I thank you for it. Amen. Church, let's give these a real big hand, all right? All right. Pastor Kenny. All right, if you've been around Relate Church for any time, you'll know that Baptism Sunday is one of our
Let's all just pray this prayer out loud together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I confess you as the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I will follow you. I will obey you. By your grace, I will live my life completely for you. I ask you to surround me with the right people that I may grow up and be effective in your kingdom. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me. Amen. And the church, we ought to take the roof off this place. Let's give these a big hand clap.